What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. A special thank you to all of our first-time listeners out there. And another thank you to those who are checking back in with us. If you don't already, make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast from, Apple Podcasts, the new Odyssey app. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. And also make sure to check on Locked On Fantasy Football as you guys gear towards your draft. Host Vinny Iyer will give you the best tips heading into the summer when you guys need to make the picks that are going to win you your season. So make sure to check that out wherever you get podcasts as well. But on today's show, we want to start with something exciting because the Chargers announced that the public will be allowed back at training camp this year after not being able to do it in 2020. So much fun. I'm so glad to see that for Chargers, man. So we'll kind of talk about what to expect from the Chargers in that aspect and what we're looking forward to during training camp. And then the second and third segments today, we're going to continue our position group breakdowns, talking about Justin Herbert and the quarterbacks today. In segment two, we'll talk about Justin Herbert and talk about some of our expectations for him going into 2021, some of the things he can improve on and more. And then to wrap up the show, we'll talk about the battle for the second quarterback spot for the Chargers, talking about Easton Stick, the underdog, I would say, in this situation, and also talk about Chase Daniel as well, the veteran they brought in to help mentor Justin Herbert. So let's go ahead and get into it. Training camp with the Chargers is back for the public, and I think it's just so exciting, David, because when you go to training camp, when you're sitting outside watching the team practice, I mean, there's so many things you get to pick up on. I mean, just from a macro perspective, you can see rotations and depth charts kind of start to play out during training camp. This year, you'll be able to see some joint practices, which we'll get into. But just the energy, getting to be back around Charger fans, getting to sit there and watch these players before they end up strapping it up for the season. I mean, this is the first time you've got to really see these guys in basically two years, David. I mean, you didn't get to do it last year because of covid Nobody was really able to attend any games unless you did it at an away game in 2020. And now you get to be in the same area as your Chargers watching them on the field. Training camp's a lot of fun. It's got to be so exciting, especially this year, because there's a new offensive coaching staff. That means a new offensive system, a new defense, a new defensive system. So we know that they implemented those new systems in walkthroughs and in mini camp, but now they're about to go refine it in training camp, and you get to watch that stuff live. You get to see how that in- unfolds. You get to hear coaches correcting players and helping them and teaching them and developing them. And, of course, like you said, you get to be around the Bolt fam for the first time in probably the last couple of seasons, so it's got to be incredibly exciting. Yeah, and it seems like at least the way we understand it right now that there's going to be 17 different practices that you guys can attend if you know if you're traveling from out of state it'll obviously be a little bit harder but with how many days there are I mean you can definitely plan a trip I know I'll be up there at least a couple of those days so I'll make sure to let you guys know I'm sure make we can sure meet you up. register though but make register, sure you register exactly you have to you can get free get tickets it. yeah I mean you can get free tickets at chargers.com slash camp seating and some of that stuff is first come first served but very very exciting Make sure to pre-register for those free tickets so you guys can go. But I'm super excited about it. And I think that 
One of the other things that I would be doing if I was at Chargers training camp is I'd probably just be trying to get as close to Brandon Staley as possible to hear all the different (laughs) things that he's saying out there just because, I mean, the Chargers gave me like six minutes of Brandon Staley mic'd up when we weren't allowed at the practices, right? And it was like crack. I mean, I could just listen to that dude go all day. Same guy that's at the podium is the same guy he is out there with a little bit more edge out there, right? Because he is that player's coach, but you also hear him, you know, telling guys to get going, telling guys to hustle, telling them exactly what he expects out of every rep they're getting out there, right? I mean, you heard him yelling at the receivers, make sure you finish strong, make sure you catch the ball and are tough and get up the field and get some extra yards after the catch. Something this team really hasn't emphasized really the last couple of years. But alas, back to training camp. So it's going to go from July 28th, which is the first practice. Right after that, there's a training camp back together event on that Saturday, the 31st that you guys can go attend. That looks like a lot of fun. And then you have Fan Fest for the Chargers on August 8th. There's also a live practice, live open practice at SoFi Stadium, David, which would be a lot of fun. And I know that just seeing the Fan Fest in the past, you might be able to, you know, see people online saying that there's no Charger fans, but those events look like they're really popping. I mean, these places look crowded. The fans look hungry to see the Chargers again, and it just looks like a ton of fun. So not just getting to have, you know, all of that with the Chargers fans and giveaways and all that stuff, but getting to watch a live practice in SoFi Stadium, and that's worth the price of admission because SoFi Stadium is magnificent. I mean, if you haven't seen the pictures from the flyovers, from the posts online, from the stadio tours like Daniel took a little bit earlier this year, the place is incredible. It's like a palace. I mean, it's a cathedral of football. And so this is a rare opportunity for you to go watch the Chargers play in the, the stadium that they're going to be playing in for the foreseeable future. And you get to get up close and personal and really hear what's going on and, and really have that full experience. So if you have the opportunity to go, go out, if you have the opportunity to go out to SoFi Stadium and get in the stadium and watch this practice, I'm sure it's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, and if they do anything competitive, I mean, that stuff is so fun to watch because you get to see the Chargers go up against other teams and see Keenan Allen talk trash to the other team, but it's really funny when you see him doing it to each other. I mean, it's lighthearted, but there's heated moments at every Chargers training camp, right? I mean, just even playing football, like you don't go through those long days of training camp without some tempers being lost, right? So you might see a couple of scuffles, especially you want to go when you could see a scuffle with another team, like when the Chargers host the San Francisco 49ers. They're going to be hosting them on August 19th and August 20th at Jack Hammett Sports Complex in Costa Mesa. That would be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, you know, Joey Bosa going up against Trent Williams, him being on the field with Nick Bosa, and a couple of, you know, young, bright coaches going back and forth because we know Brandon Staley has a huge respect for that coaching staff with Kyle Shanahan even stealing Shane Day away from them right so there's definitely some ties there but getting to see that competition go down I mean it feels like a real game in a lot of times I mean these guys have a ton of pride they're not going to back down to another team I remember a couple years ago going up against the Rams and Sean McVay (laughs) big scuffle Keenan Allen ends up doing the most perfect form tackle and taking out a Rams defensive back and just stuffing him into the ground Those are the kind of moments that you can catch at training camp, and you guys can do that August 20th and August 19th when the 49ers and the Chargers have their joint practice, David. 
Yeah, I mean, that's those are some of the best practices out there because, like you said, I mean, they probably all say before practice, you know, hey, let's go out there and get some good work to, work done. Let's not hurt each other. But <laughs> when things start happening and the whistle blows out there and they do some competitive 11-on-11s or, or 7-on-7s, they're going to get after it, and they do, okay? So, I mean, the, it's football. I mean, you can say you're going to tone it down, but, you know, when, when it's you're in your when you're in the heat of battle, I mean, it's hard to do that. So they always are very spirited, and, and that's probably the practices where they get the most valuable work done for the rest of the season. I think so. I mean, it's the closest thing you're going to get to real game action. I mean, even the preseason, the guys are just not in for very many snaps and those things, right? And that's going to be really exciting, too. I mean, the preseason – will be a lot of fun, too, and we're going to get yeah, into I can't wait for that. Yeah, and there's a lot of guys that have a lot to prove coming up in the preseason, but make sure you guys register for those free tickets to Chargers Camp. It's time to show everyone that Chargers fans do exist, and there's a lot of them, right? So this will be a good chance to do that and go support your team and support a team that's super talented and has a chance to do some really good things in 2021. A lot of reasons to be excited, but nothing more than Justin Herbert, right? So today we're breaking down quarterbacks and we're starting with the kid the young superstar justin herbert and we're going to talk about him coming up right after this but first i need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the locked on charges podcast is betonline.ag betonline is the fastest and easiest way to, to bet on all of your sports action i mean think about all of the crazy games we've been seeing guys i mean you can be betting on the euros that has been nuts if you had any money on switzerland and that crazy comeback against France with the penalty kicks. So many good sporting events, guys. And I'm telling you, as good as it is to watch sports, when you have something riding on the game, it makes it that much more intense, that much more exciting, and that much more fun. And the only place we trust with our money is betonline.ag, and they'll even help you out. Because if you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on. All caps, one word, for a 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David. Well, on Monday's show, we ended up getting into a position group breakdown. We talked about the defensive linemen and some of our concerns at that position, right? Some roster battles, potentially, of guys trying to make the team and all that. And we said we were going to flip it over to the offensive side of things. We are excited to talk about training camp. So today we're going to go with a shorter one because this is not – an area the Chargers have a ton of concern, and that's the quarterback position. And there's three quarterbacks, two segments. Guess what? Justin Herbert's getting the entire segment, and he absolutely deserves it. And, David, this is such a huge year because, obviously, Brandon Staley and Joe Lombardi want to prove that they can work with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert wants to go out there and prove that year one was not a fluke, and then he can actually get better. And with what the season we just saw from him, he's going to have some crazy high expectations. He really is. I mean, he had a historic campaign. I mean, I think before we preview this year, we got to go and look back what he did last year in that rookie campaign. 15 games, 4,336 passing yards, 31 passing touchdowns, five rushing. I mean, the records he broke, I mean, numerous. Most passing completions by a rookie quarterback. Youngest QB in NFL history to throw 30 touchdowns. Most total touchdowns by a rookie QB and on and on and on. Justin Herbert did all of that with the subpar offensive line and he absolutely excelled, Daniel. I mean, it was a crazy, incredible year and now we have to see what this year looks like in a new system and I, I know everyone is expecting huge things from Justin Herbert in year two. 
I mean, I think there's a couple of different camps, right? I think there's a camp that says that some of the numbers have to revert back to the mean and throwing under pressure was something he excelled at very much, even to some points being better under pressure than he was from a clean pocket. So I think that's one thing is, you know, can you keep throwing the ball under pressure like you were and get better throwing in a clean pocket? Because we expect him to have a clean pocket a lot more, but the couple things that he'll have to do better going into 2021 to take that next step are very limited, right? We saw him do a lot of things. He doesn't need to strengthen his arm going into year two, right? I mean, he doesn't have to get a lot smarter. I mean, maybe football smarter, but he obviously has those picking up the playbook, getting this new offense down. That is all going to be a process. But if you're talking about just things he struggled at last season, I think it starts with obviously David just diagnosing those disguised defenses. That's something that we saw really hurt him against the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots, to some extent, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, when he struggled, that was usually something that was getting him. You know, a few of those interceptions came because of that. And I think that that's one thing that if he is going to get better, that's something he's working out right now trying to do that. And then you got to be really excited to have a head coach that's a former quarterback that just had one of the best defenses in the NFL last year that is now your head coach who can go over all those defensive schemes, which he's trying to do the same thing on the defensive side for the Chargers. He's trying to use those you know, different personnel groupings and trying to disguise things and get and play in shell and try to confuse the offense. I mean, he wants to stress them out. So Justin Herbert gets the benefit of having a guy who's trying to do that because he gets to explain to Justin what the defense is trying to do to him or what the defense is trying to take away and also what Justin Herbert can do to combat that. So I think Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert is going to be a perfect marriage. When I think a lot of him improving too has to do with the coaching staff, obviously, but to some extent, just loosening the leash, right? I mean, last year there were so many times where we're just saying like, just cut the kid loose. Don't take it easy on him by any means, right? Just get out there, let him go out there and rip it and he'll be fine, right? And yeah, we just stop running on first down. Yeah, I mean, the running on third and short, all those things. But the one thing that really killed them in some games last year was the two minute end of game scenarios. He had some really good moments, right? He won them some football games. But at the same time, there was a couple of times, especially before halftime, where he was just too willing to hit the check down route. And when you're in a two-minute situation, one of the worst things that can happen, you know, and obviously Anthony Lynn didn't help by always starting with a draw and just telling every team that's what was coming in those <laughs> situations to see if they pop something right. But when you get a three-yard completion to a running back and you keep the clock moving, right, I think later in the year we saw him pushing some balls down the field. There's a throw to you know Tyron Johnson against the Raiders. That stands out to me late in the game where he made some plays there. I mean, he did push the ball down the field, but he did seem too complacent at times to just take the easy play that was right in front of him. I think especially in those situations, and the Chargers as a team need to perform better in those situations. But for him, not being afraid to push the ball down the field in those scenarios, go get the chunk yardage when you can because – Sometimes you don't have time to hit those dump offs and just being, you know, more prepared for all of those late game situations too, which it does seem like Brandon Staley wants to do. So I think those are all things that he absolutely can improve on. I mean, especially with the diagnosing the disguised defenses with Brandon Staley, that was one of the reasons we were excited for him was so that he could help Justin Herbert with that. And I think that for Justin Herbert, 
when you're getting talked about by some people, you know, as a dark horse MVP candidate, that makes you kind of, you know, think about what that could look like. What does he have to do to put up that kind of season? So, David, if I put it at, you know, let's say 4,500 yards, 40-plus touchdowns, maybe, you know, six-plus rushing touchdowns, something along those lines, I mean, doing that and having less than 10 interceptions, is that something you think is doable? I definitely think that's doable. I, I think that there might be a couple of interceptions that come early as he's still trying to work out the kinks of the offense and really just illustrate that full command. I mean, I think it's just going to take some time for things to set in and synchronize. But after that happens, I think he, he has all the tools and all the weapons around him to be able to go out there and execute. So I definitely think that I'm going to take the over on that. I think that is a very realistic possibility hoping that the team stays healthy and his weapons are there and his offensive line is there to protect him. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, the offensive line is going to be huge, and I think that is something that could help him, you know, have a better season. I mean, it's definitely something that we're banking on. But the coaching staff has to work too, right? Joe Lombardi's offense has to work out. It has to fit. And he has a chip on his shoulders to make it seem like the Detroit thing never happened when he was offensive coordinator there. But either way, we talked about some of the weaknesses for Justin Harbour, but I think we also have to talk about the strengths too and just what Chargers fans are getting from their quarterback. And I think it's hard when you see a guy do so many things well, so many things well, right? Because one thing is, is you don't want a guy that's going to keep making the same mistakes. Last year, over and over again, it seemed like when he had an interception, he didn't throw the same bad interception because of the same reason. I mean, you think about throwing to Keenan Allen across his body against the Chiefs, that gets intercepted. You think about, you know, throwing it up to Mike Williams, jump ball, Bryce Callahan. That one's harder to judge him against. But you saw him really learn from his mistakes, and I think that's something that's great. He can make every throw on the field, and he can put it on a dime, right? I mean, obviously, the accuracy has to be a little bit better, David, and more consistent. I mean, there were some throws to Hunter Henry, some throws to running backs where he was just way wide of the mark. But if you're talking about arm well and, and it was the basic throws too I mean it was the throws that you expected him to make I mean he he made all the wow throws it seemed like he you know had throws from angles and on the run things that you just not ex- not used to seeing but some of the basic just quick throws he would miss and it just was a little head scratching yeah and I'm sure some of that you know has to do with mechanics and rushing things at times but he definitely seems like he can be kind of a rhythm guy when he's in a good rhythm He seems to be making incredible plays, and we've seen some drives from him in general where it's just not there. I mean, I think Josh Allen has some of that, right? Patrick Mahomes has some errant throws, too. There's a reason he doesn't complete, you know, 80% of his passes. It happens, and we saw it it at Oregon, and that was one of the things that kind of concerned me, but it happened a lot less last year, and I think that that's just something that, hey, you know, there might be a little errant throw every once in a while, but you have the arm – You have the brain, the head on the shoulders. You have a guy who's humble. You also have a guy who's going to try hard and fight for every yard. You don't get that with every quarterback, right? You don't get the guy that's going to run a quarterback sneak twice on the goal line and just get crunched and be screaming, I was in, on the bottom of the pile. I mean, these are (laughs) all really good things. Yeah, I mean, he is one of the dudes. He might not sound like the stereotypical, you know, cocky quarterback. He might not say he wakes up and feels dangerous, right? That's not even a shot at Baker Mayfield. He's just not that dude. And I think a lot of people think you have to be, but I think Justin Herbert's kind of, you know, creating his own path 
to being and doing things the way he does it, being one of the guys, having all of his teammates have his back and having his teammates back. And it seems to be working pretty well for him so far. But there are a couple of other quarterbacks on this roster that we must talk about because the contract, you know, it's in our contract. We have to talk about those guys as well. So we're going to talk about the two guys battling it out for the number two quarterback spot, Chase Daniel and Easton Stick coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar ever. And of course, I'm talking about Bilt Bar. I mean, I can't tell you guys the last time I ever had a protein bar that wasn't a Bilt Bar at this point. I mean, I just have to keep ordering them. I have gotten some free boxes, but that's how they get you. You get the free boxes, you realize how good they taste, and now I'm, you know, paying Bilt Bar for more Bilt Bars because there's so many good flavors to choose from. I mean, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, so many great flavors, and you can even get a mixed box where they'll give you two of each of them so you guys can keep switching it up, never get boring, and get out of the same old routine. Also, they're great for you. Whatever diet you're doing, you can fit it in with Built Bar. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. You're also going to get less than 4 grams of net carbs and only 4 grams of sugar as well. Doesn't get much better than that, guys. And like I said, most importantly, especially for big guys like me, it tastes good. And that's the most important thing. But go to Built Bar right now. You can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BillBar.com. All right, David. Well, now it's time to talk about the non-Herbert QBs on the roster. And right now the Chargers have two. Do we two. have to? No. It's, it seems like they're pretty okay with this, right? I mean, they had KJ Costello come in at rookie minicamp to have a guy that was going to facilitate the ball around. But right now it's Chase Daniel and Easton Stick backing up Justin Herbert. And I mean, the Easton Stick hype train has slowed down considerably after a couple of years ago. He made a couple of splash plays in the preseason, and it was, you know, pre-Justin Herbert, and we were all wondering, where is the heir apparent to Phillip Rivers going to come from, right? And I think Easton Stick getting picked in the fifth round, playing really well at a lower level of college football, and just kind of some of that dynamics that he brought to the table was really exciting for Charger fans, right? But now it's been a couple of years. He's played in one game. Doesn't look like he's going to be, you know, he's not going to be the starter for the Chargers anytime soon with Justin Herbert healthy. The question now becomes, David, can he be a backup? And we know the Chargers brought in Chase Daniel. He's the veteran, the undoubted favorite for the job. But for Easton Stick, I mean, this is still a huge opportunity because new coaching staff who doesn't really know you, you're fine to be a backup or at least maybe potentially try to go for another job somewhere. So this is a big, big season and preseason, I would say, for Easton Stick. Yeah, it definitely is because the previous regime didn't even trust him to run plays. I mean, they would rather take burn timeouts yeah. than let him go out there and execute plays, right? So, I mean, hope, I mean he's got to hope that this new, new coaching staff is going to have an opportunity for him to go out there and show what he can do. But I think, honestly, it's going to be a little bit of a detriment because – the Chargers' old system, Anthony Lynn said, hey, he wants to have a mobile quarterback to go out there and execute the offense. I don't know if it, this new offensive scheme that is being built around Justin Herbert is really built to accentuate a mobile quarterback. Sure, it's going to have elements of a mobile quarterback in it, but it's not going to be like fixtured around that sole skill. So I think that is going to hinder uh, Easton stick a little bit this off season, and he's really going to have to put up, put in some work and go out there and really shine if he wants to stay with the Chargers this year. 
Yeah, we know Anthony Lynn's type, right? I mean, he wanted a Tyrod Taylor, and I think when you look at Easton Stick and Tyrod Taylor, not that they're the same quarterback, but they definitely fit this same profile. And I think the thinking there kind of had to be, hey, Tyrod Taylor can take the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs after they haven't gone to the playoffs for so long. I mean, that must be just kind of the right answer for everything, right? Because if it can end that drought, it can end any drought. But didn't end up working out that way. And then Easton Stick, I mean, the one preseason that we saw from him, it was exciting. I expect him to get a lot of snaps in the three preseason games the Chargers have this year, but three touchdowns total, three interceptions. It ended up being two rushing touchdowns. One of them was a 31-yard rushing touchdown that I remember really had Chargers Twitter on fire. But I think at this point, I mean, it's between him and Chase Daniel, so... Let's look at Chase Daniel, David. I mean, a career backup. Obviously, he had one infamous game where he kept the Chargers out of the playoffs. That was a lot of fun <sighs> that year. Thanks a lot, Ryan Suckup and Chase Daniel. I mean, I Ryan remember seeing Chase, <laughs> Chase Daniel in my nightmares because he was just like, oh, hey, we should make the playoffs. Just had to beat the Chiefs backup quarterback. It's Chase Daniel. Not that he, you know, played like his hair was on fire or anything, but they were a good team. The Chargers weren't as good of teams. And the Chiefs ended up winning one of those games to keep the Chargers from getting there. He almost did it to him twice, but there was a missed field goal involved. Chargers ended up getting in. But just looking at Chase Daniel, it's nothing spectacular, David. I mean, we know he was brought in to be the mentor. He's going to be a sounding board on the sideline when Justin Herbert comes out of the game, right? But he could be there in pads or not and still be a mentor. I think it's just, do the Chargers want a guy like this, a guy who, you know, is steady, been in in-game situations. He's played in 12 games over the last three years, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're a backup, that's definitely a lot, right? So yeah. he has experience. He's coming to games. It's not like he's been a world beater, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, but he is kind of, you know, a stable veteran who's not going to lose you the game to, you know, go cliche with it. Yeah, I mean, I think this is your prototypical backup quarterback. He's been in the league for 10 years, but – I think his purpose was something you said in the beginning. It's really to be that sounding board for this new offense that Joe Lombardi has created. A lot of the passing concepts because Chase Daniel was with the New Orleans Saints for the first three years of his career, and Joe Lombardi was there as well. So I really think that a large portion of this hire was for that purpose, to help Justin Herbert learn this offense and really get command of it. But Chase Daniel is, like I said, he's a legit backup quarterback. I mean, he's had success. I mean, well, I mean, I guess not success, but he's been steady throughout his career. And I think, you know, that that experience on the football field and experience in this new offense is the reason why I think Chase Daniel might be the only backup quarterback on this roster. I mean, there's no way that the Chargers roll into the season with two quarterbacks, right? I mean, that just doesn't seem like it would happen. But on game days... A lot of times there will only be two active quarterbacks, right? Every week you have a list of inactive players. Easton Stick was on that list a couple of times. And the thing is with him is like when we have seen him on the field, I think one was a rush for like no yards and the other one was like a four-yard completion where they tried to run a trick play. Everyone thinks they're going to run it. Easton Stick's in the game and it was a four-yard completion. And it was like, why is Justin <laughs> Herbert not on the field, right? He's not quite. You took Herbert <laughs> off the field for this? For that, yeah. I mean, he's not quite athletic enough. To be a Taysom Hill, right? He's not a Taysom Hill. So I, I understand. He's not big enough either. No, he's not. I mean, he's he is what he is, right? But I just think that the one thing he would bring you is like 
the crazy game every once in a while where like he rushes for like 75 yards and he comes in in relief, right? I mean, like some sort of like weird, you know, Doug Flutie, Jeff Garcia type of game where he just comes in and slings it around and he might throw two interceptions and he might, you know, run for two touchdowns. Like he would bring that kind of excitement factor that you're not going to get with Chase Daniel, you know, throwing six yard passes because that's what I imagine the offense looks like. <laughs> when Chase Daniel gets on the field, right? At least with Easton Stick, it's like, all right, you have someone who's going to go back there, run around. You don't know that he's going to give you a better chance to win potentially. But, but he's got some athleticism. More, yeah, it's more of an unknown. It's like, I know if Chase Daniel is in, you know, for four games, and like, let's just knock on. I don't even like having this conversation because the only time <laughs> these people would see the field is if Justin Herbert got hurt. But in a four game sample, right? It's like, Chase Daniel can probably get you one and three to two and two, depending on how complete the team is at the time. If the offense and defense are both firing on all on all cylinders and you just need him to be that game manager, that's fine. But game managing is hard to do and consistently win. I mean, there's a chance Easton Stick comes in and he goes two and two, right? And two games look totally terrible. In two games, you're like, okay, like he ran around. He's he probably completed like 11 of 23 passes, but had 125 passing yards and 95 rushing yards or something like, yeah, that's all conceivable. It definitely would be more exciting than Chase Daniel, but time and time again, NFL coaches are going to go with the experienced guy, the guy that they don't think is going to lose them a game. And I think some of that's dumb. Like I would almost rather always give a chance to a young guy and at least see what they have. But in this situation with the mentoring aspect and another young quarterback on the field and Justin Herbert, and Easton Stick, who's still really young as well. I get it. I'm excited, though. I mean, Easton Stick, I know he will never see the field. Still one of the most exciting players. I, still one of the players I'm most excited to watch once once preseason comes around. So this Chargers quarterback room right now, I mean, it's one heavy. It's Justin Herbert deep. The other guys are fine, right? Nothing to write home about. Also, not like it's a huge need either. Everyone you know? needs a clipboard Jesus, Daniel. Well, I mean, they don't have Charlie Whitehurst. I mean, if you if you go get Charlie Whitehurst, then we can have two segments on the backup quarterbacks for the Chargers. But as long as it's, you know, Chase Daniel, he's fine. You know, he doesn't excite me very much, and that's fine. Not everyone's going to do it for you, you know. But either way, I'm excited to see what Easton Stick does in preseason. And I feel as good as anyone could about a backup quarterback with Chase Daniel. But... That is going to do it for today's show. Now we've covered defensive line and quarterbacks. Probably jump back to the defensive side when we get into position groups next. But we are going to try to get John Kegley on the show soon. We are going to bring you guys some more guests over the next couple of weeks too. That's something we're really excited about. But that is going to do it for today. Until Friday, guys, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. Apple Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can find us in all those places. And make sure to follow or subscribe so you never miss a show. And if you like the show, make sure to rate and review. If you don't like it, then don't do that. I mean, pretty simple. But you made it to this part of the podcast. So I like to tell myself that if you're making it this far, you're not just hate listening. But you can find me and David on social media at DanTalkSports for me on Twitter and for David at DrotalkSD. The show's Twitter is at LockedOnLAC. And we post all of the shows to our Twitter as well as our Instagram page at Locked On Chargers and our Facebook page Locked On Chargers as well. But we will be doing another voicemail show soon. We have a couple. We want a couple more. If you guys want to call in, the number is 323 524 
7924. Make sure you're talking clearly, asking good questions, and limit the background noise. But we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys on Friday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.